Welcome to your Relationship Lovecast by True Potential, the weekly web show and podcast that explores relationships and wellness, featuring in-depth interviews with acclaimed authors, wellness experts, health influencers, and spiritual leaders so that you can create a relationship and life you love. And now your host, Andrea Corella. Hello, everyone. Andrea Corella here, and you are listening to Episode 8 of your Relationship Lovecast by True Potential. Today, we are going to be talking about manifesting authentic and powerful relationships. Now, some of you may have heard the phrase, what you put your attention on expands. And I truly believe that each of us possesses the power to manifest greatness, catastrophe, and sometimes even the combination of the two. By harnessing our beliefs, thoughts, and emotional energy, we can tap into our authentic power and take action to create the life and relationships we desire. In order to guide us through this process, I have invited Aaron Stutland, who is a life and fitness coach and the creator of Shrink Session, which is a mixture of yoga, cardio dance, kickboxing, life coaching, meditation, and inspiring affirmations that will open your heart, expand your mind, and sculpt your body. Aaron and I have been connected since 2013 through a female business community, and I really was impressed by Aaron's engaging personality and innovative strategies to use the power of our bodies to shift out of critical belief patterns. Today, we will be learning practical tips and strategies that will improve the quality of your relationship and create massive results in your personal well-being. Welcome, Erin. I am so happy to have you on today. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Excellent. What are the internal and external struggles that maybe you have faced in your life and how we can break free and tap into our authentic power and how maybe you did that yourself? Well, I think one of my biggest struggles was um, it kind of it kind of hit me probably when I was a teenager around 16. And um, I started to struggle a little bit with anxiety and depression and I wasn't really aware of even what I was experiencing, frankly. I think a big piece of it came from the fact I was a dancer growing up. And so I was constantly in, you know, ballet class in the mirror. And I started to struggle with body image stuff. And as a result, um, you know, I really limited my intake of food. And I was quite critical of myself. And I think what happens is when you, you, the mixture of those two being critical of yourself and being hungry doesn't make for a, a happy girl. Right. Um, so I really, so I really struggled with that through high school and even through college and even through my early twenties, and just that sort of internal battle that I think so many of us struggle with—that internal voice of not being good enough, being extremely critical. And you know, at some point, I would say it was probably around, um, actually, probably around my sophomore year of college that I started to really tap into this idea that I could change the way that I thought and I could change my own beliefs. Um, about myself. And that that started the process of tapping into my authentic power. And I think, you know, it's definitely been a journey. Like, I think it's it didn't happen overnight. It took a lot of relearning of things and relearning of ways of thinking. But um, I would say that that was sort of like my biggest struggle that I struggled in my 20s. Right. And with with that, what were, if you were to walk us through a step-by-step process of if somebody else out there that's on the call listening is dealing with anxiety or depression or those critical thoughts, low self-esteem or feelings of not being good enough. What what would be the step-by-step strategies from morning to night that that person could start implementing to start breaking free 
and tapping into their authentic power. How it began, that I, the, the realization that I have that I could change the way I think and how I feel about myself really began when I was, um, I had come to New York to do a summer dance program. Um, and I, yeah, I was dancing in college. I was, that was what I was majoring in. And so when I came to New York, I was dancing with some of the, the best and brightest dancers in the world. Um, and I felt, you know, suddenly I was a, uh, you know, suddenly I was a small fish in a very, very big pond. And it was overwhelming. And I thought that I, you know, I had all these feelings of like not being good enough. And the biggest thing that I struggled with at that time, just to get really specific, was I felt as though I wasn't able to pick up the combinations fast enough. And if anyone knows anything about dance, you know, part of what part of what your skill is, is you have to be able to like see movement and then repeat it back very quickly. And I really struggled with that. And the reason I struggled with that is because I would be in dance class and I, and I would sort of get in my head and I'd be like, I'm not good enough. I can't pick this up fast enough. Oh, my God. It would just sort of spiral out of control from there. And then, you know, before you know it, there are 16 counts in and you kind of miss those first 16 counts. So that was really what my biggest struggle was. And so one thing that I did that summer is every day before I went into dance class, I would spend about 20 minutes writing in my journal. And I first wrote down all of the things of why I thought I wasn't good enough. You know, I don't pick up combinations fast enough. I'm not tall enough or all sort of the negative voices um, that were going on in my head. And I turned them into positive affirmations. Like what if it was the opposite of this? And I, and even sort of walked myself through kind of a four-step process of saying like, you know, is this true? Like, is it really true that I don't pick up combinations fast enough? Can you absolutely know the truth? It's sort of something that actually Byron Katie teaches a wonderful step process of really asking and questioning like is this thought actually absolutely true and can I absolutely know it's true and how am I acting in the world when I'm believing this thought when I believe the thought that I don't pick up combinations fast enough and the easiest thing to say is well when I'm really believing that I I get flustered I don't like being in class I want to stand in the back of the room and then asking yourself the question of who would I be? Like, what are other options? What are other possible things that I could believe about myself? You know, I pick up combinations easily and effortlessly. And how do you feel when you're believing that thought? And so after walking myself through that process, I created some affirmations for myself. And I would sit before dance class, as I said, for 20 minutes, and I would write them over and over and over again. And I let it be like sort of a moving meditation within my mind, within my heart, with my hand to the pen. And I would write, like, I pick up combinations easily and effortlessly. I see movement and I get it. And, and then I would go into dance class. And it was amazing because that was the summer that I transformed as a dancer. But I also think that there's, there's also something to be said about understanding uh, why you feel that way about yourself, why you feel like you're not good enough. Um, and I think, honestly, that is, like, not just, like, a strategy thing. I think that's, like, a process thing that you can go through, you know, in therapy with a great therapist of, like, beginning to understand and how you can accept yourself exactly as you are today. Because I think that's really important. Absolutely. And with with being able to manifest, I, I know for me, you know, gratitude is something that, that helps. Visualization is something yeah. that really helps with manifesting what we want to create, envisioning that and speaking in the present tense as though it's already true, mm -hmm. that those things really help ground us and help us manifest something more yeah. solid. And having that emotional pull is really necessary. Connect with that feeling in the process. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of, of visualizing. Um, I mean, that was something else that I did every night before I went to sleep. When I was dancing, I would like visualize myself doing whatever I learned that day, the combinations that I learned, the movement that I learned, and I would imagine myself doing it on a stage. 
And um, I think that that's a really powerful because I think, you know, I think it's so important to get whatever, um, whatever, whatever that is that you want in your life. I think it's important to get it in your body, to physicalize it some way energetically of, of what it would feel like to actually have that thing. You know, what would you be wearing? Where would you be standing? How would you be feeling in your heart? How would you be feeling in your legs? Like just the physical feeling of, of having what you want is, um, could be really, really powerful. Absolutely. Now, what are the main thought patterns and emotional vibrations that shift us into manifesting negative outcomes in our lives and in our relationships, just for people on our call to start becoming mindful and aware of what those precursors are to spiraling down? Yeah. So this is, I think, a good story that demonstrates exactly that. This was years ago. And after I was dancing, I moved into acting. So I was auditioning. I was doing film and television. And I had had a callback to producers for a big job, a big television job. And like when you have a callback to producers, it's kind of like the final, you're almost there. You've almost got the job. And I went into the audition so excited, really excited, like I was going to nail it. And it just wasn't a great audition. Um, it just, you know, it was one of those days, what, what didn't nail it? And I walked out of there really feeling crappy. And I started in on myself on an internal conversation of like, why didn't you do this? And you should have done that. And it sort of spiraled. It, it's, it kind of moved into a shame spiral, which I think happens quite commonly when we don't do what we thought we wanted to do or when we don't get what we thought we wanted to get. And and so I, there I was just feeling super awful, like, and it just spirals. It gets worse and worse. It's almost like you start with one negative thought. And I always like to think of it. It's like you almost step on like a hamster wheel and, and suddenly you can't get off of it because the thought leads to a feeling inside your body. You know, the thought like, oh, I should have done something different in the room, like makes you feel almost sick to your stomach. And then the feeling produces more thoughts and then it produces more feelings. And it's like this cycle of thoughts and feelings and thoughts and feelings. And you basically, I think, have to find a way to get off that wheel. And so, you know, this is kind of, I, so I was having these thoughts and these feelings after this audition. And I was actually on my way to see a, a girlfriend that weekend. We were staying at the beach in the Hamptons and I had, we had this wonderful weekend planned. And I was like, I do not want to spend this weekend feeling like crap about this audition. And so on, it was interesting on the train ride there, I, because this is what was an also interesting realization for me at the time. I really believe somewhere, and I, and I guarantee that other people feel this way, I believed that if I thought it through, I thought about the audition enough, I, I looked at all the things that I did wrong, then that would be the best way to teach me how to do it better. So I really believe that by criticizing myself, I would get to a better solution. Do you know what I mean by that? I've heard that, and I, I think that that's the way that our brain is trying to protect ourselves. Right. And so our brain does that, but in a way it can also sabotage us and beat us up and prevent us from being confident and being successful. So it's, yeah. it's catch 22. It's a catch 22, but I think that, um, you know, I think that we think we can solve a problem when we're in like a really, we, we are, we convince ourselves that when we're, when we're in that state, when we're beating ourselves up, when we're in that state, we convince ourselves that we can solve the problem from that state. But I don't believe that's true. I believe that you come up with your best solutions when you're in a state of like joy and of peace and of love. And so I think that somehow I was really addicted to trying to solve problems from the state of frustration, from the state of criticism. And so one thing, as I was on that train ride, I was like, I kind of said to myself, I was like, we are not having that conversation. We're not talking that. We're not like almost, I like to call it the parental smackdown, almost like 
if you had two children and they were fighting and one child was being mean to the other child, you would take that child aside and you would say, that's not how we treat our brother or sister. You're not being nice. And until you're able to behave, you have to go to your room or whatever you would say, right? <laughs> you, would, you would put your foot down. You say, this is not the way we behave in our house. And I kind of had to say that to myself. I said, you're not, to that critical voice, I said, you're not being nice. You're not being helpful. It's not being productive. And we're not having this conversation until you can be loving. <laughs> and that was sort of the parental smackdown that I gave myself. And I had to kind of like fight for that stronger voice because I would be like, okay, fine. We're not having that conversation. I would start to think about other positive things. And that voice would like knock on the door, open up and be like, wait a second, but I want to talk about this for another minute, you know? Mm-hmm. And I would have to be like, no, 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 I told you we're not having that conversation. It's not a productive conversation. It's not loving and we're not going to get anywhere with it. So when you're ready to behave and be sweet, then we can chat, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so that's, that's, that's what I think. I think that that's kind of how we, those are the thought patterns and emotions that can hold us back from really um, stepping into a greater part of ourselves. I think we get really addicted to this idea that self-criticism and negativity will actually get us further ahead, that we can motivate ourselves through that. And I don't believe that that's actually accurate. I think also having compassion for that critical part. Sometimes that critical part underneath, there's shame in that critical part. So I think even modeling for that critical part of what are you fearing right now Hmm. and asking that part those questions. What are you fearing right now? And really identifying what that is. Maybe it's a fear of failure, a fear of rejection, a fear of being humiliated, uh, a fear of not being good enough. And then really being able to ask that part, what do you need right now? to face those fears that you have. And maybe it's support, it's encouragement, and so on. So I, I definitely think having that having a conversation with that critical part is key. Yeah. And I think sometimes that can also help really settle that part down so it's not banging on the door right. harder and louder. You start embracing that part and sharing love to that yeah. part, which I think at the core of that critical part is this really raw, shame-filled part that all of Absolutely. us carry. I, I don't think anybody is is protected from feeling that way from time to time or that part getting triggered at one point in time in our lives or the other. So just another strategy to help yeah, with that too. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So with these qualities, what are the top three qualities that we need to possess to stay connected to our authentic power? It's interesting that, that this is the first one that comes to my mind, but um, to have some sort of consistency, that you have some sort of consistent practice of um, you have a consistent place to uh, put your feelings, to express your feelings, to be truthful with your feelings so that they don't get bottled up. Um, and it's funny. The reason I say it's funny that I say consistency is because I'm very much someone, I'm a free spirit. I like to go with the flow. Like I've never been someone who, you know, now I'm much more disciplined with my time because I have to be with my business, but I've never been someone to be like really rigid about anything. But I do find that having a consistent practice of some kind, whether it means like that you go to therapy weekly or that you write in your journal on a regular basis or whatever it may be, I think having that consistency of a of a place to put your feelings, your emotions, and your thoughts is so important. Otherwise, they build up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think that's that's one of them. For me, another huge quality is 
is to, to be creating movement in my body on a regular basis. Like that you are um, excited, that the quality being like excited about moving because I think movement, movement in your body creates movement in your life. And so I think that energy can get stagnant if you're not moving your body regularly. And, you know, I don't care what it is, whether it's a walk, whether you want to dance, whether you want a bike ride, whatever it may be. I think that having movement is really important. And then I think the other quality is really um, having the quality of acceptance in your life, because I think you have to there has to you, you can push and you can do all these things and you can take all your actions, which I think are also important in terms of manifesting is, you know, clarify your vision and, and take your actions. But I also think another really important quality is sort of this sense of allowing and acceptance of where you are today, what is happening today and allowing really life to move through you and support you. I love what you just said. I think those three, those three examples of qualities, I think are just so beautiful because there is a movement that is is necessary to help your body move and shift out of that stagnation because it's so easy to say I have to work harder, longer, faster, I need to immerse myself in something and we really almost sabotage hurt us. We always say, "Oh, I'll exercise later, I'll go for a walk later." And and it really impacts us not only mentally, emotionally, but our our spirit is needing that. And then that acceptance too. I, I think that that uh, accepting where you're at as opposed to where you wish you were or where you want to be. Right, right. Because there's just so much power in the present moment. You know, I think, you know, in this day and age, obviously, we always we want to get ahead and we, we, we have our plans ahead. You get really caught up in what's happening in the future and all the things you have to do. But the reality is, is we only have this moment. And this moment is filled with so much power. Like, oh my gosh, when you really allow yourself to be in the present moment with whatever it is you're experiencing, any of the emotions, um, with the people, it's, it really becomes a great shift. And that's really, I think, where the joy is. The joy that you experience is not, you know, it's funny when I, when I sort of talk to clients about this and we talk about feeling happy, right? Feeling joyful. And I, and I say, think about a time in your life that you were feeling really joyful and they think about it, right? They go back, they imagine it. And I said, okay, here's the crazy thing is yes, you're reflecting on that time, but you're really re-feeling the joy right now in this moment, right? Like it's happy, even though you're thinking about it and it happened in the past, you're re-feeling the feelings of it right now in this moment. And that's, I just think that the more we can, you know, practice being present in the moment and allowing like the, just the more beautiful life becomes. Absolutely. And I think the consistency is key because I think so often we, we, we really deep down inside know what we need at, at a very core somatic intuitive level. We need movement. We need to take a break. We need to relax. We need to experience joy. And then we, we know that. And I think then is, uh, being strategic and consistent about incorporating those, not just in our weekend, but right. throughout each of our, our days, rather than it being a, a marathon, okay, I'll give myself that joy at the end of the tunnel, right, <laughs> being able right. to say, hey, wait a second, look around, because joy is all around us and opportunities for fully living in the now is, is available to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can you provide our listeners with a step-by-step game plan to manifesting the relationships that we want in our lives? That's a good one. That's such a good question. Um, Well, you know what? I'll start with with people who are single. 
And I'm just going to share two things that I found in my own life to be really, really powerful in terms of manifesting the relationship um, that I'm currently in and getting married um, this year, which I'm super excited about. Oh, congratulations. Uh, I am too. Oh, congratulations <laughs> to you. That's Thanks. So awesome. That's yeah. wonderful. Um, you know, one of the big things that I had the realization of a couple of years ago was the first step was um, how, how I want, what I started to imagine what I wanted this person to say to me and do for me in particular times, like in times that I was feeling not so great or in times when I was feeling great, how would I want them to respond? What, how, what, how would I want them to react? What would I want the look on their face to be? Um, and I started to really get clear on what sort of how, how I wanted them to react. And, um, and I started to give that to myself. So, you know, I remember one time I had had a particularly bad day and I was up near Columbus Circle and there's some, there's a really beautiful um, shopping center around there. And I was like, I was kind of stuck there for the afternoon and I was feeling horrible. And I, and I thought about, I said, if I had this wonderful person in my life, what, what would I want them to do in this moment? And I, and I thought about, I said, what I really want them to do is like, take me by the hand and say, you know what, it's okay. You know, everything's going to be okay today and I still love you. And let's go over to, um, there's this like really beautiful bakery in the shopping center. Let's go over and just get a sweet little treat and sit down together. Like that's what I would want the person to do. Mm. So that's what I did for myself. You know, I walked myself over there. It's not something I normally would do in the middle of the day. I had work to do. I was like, but I walked myself over, went to the bakery and like treated myself to something very sweet and, you know, just really took care of myself in a sweet way. And and I started doing that very consistently in my life. I would, anytime I would have a hard time or an exciting time, I would say, what would I want this person to say or to do? And I would start to give that to myself. Um, and I would speak to myself in that way. Um, cause I think that's really important. I think that's like just vibration energy and you're like, you're like a radio station and you gotta, if, if you want people to tune in, if you want people to tune in to a loving station, then you gotta be that love. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. So that was the first thing. But then I feel like there was actually another layer of it because it was really interesting. I was in a relationship, a really wonderful relationship where this person, uh, it was shortly after I, I sort of employed those techniques, this person was completely that way. He talked to me in exactly the way that I had hoped, you know. And the, the problem was, a, again, a wonderful guy, but I didn't feel like madly in love. And there was just like something missing. And what I had realized that I had left out was I had left out how I wanted to, what I wanted to say to them, how I wanted to feel about them, what I would say to them when they were feeling badly. And like really, and so, so after that relationship ended, I started thinking like, I want to be able to turn to the person and say to them, I am so mad about you. I'm crazy for you. You know, and I had left that piece out of the equation. And so I started practicing cultivating that feeling within myself, that feeling of just like adoring someone so much. And um, so those are two things. And, and that is really how I feel about my guy today. You know, I really I look at him sometimes and I just am like, oh, I'm just so mad about you. You're so wonderful. <laughs> and um, and so those are two things that I would I would recommend. I tell that to all my, my single girlfriends. Um and then just quickly to, to kind of tap into the like once you're in a relationship, how to really manifest a wonderful relationship. I mean, I think the biggest thing that I experience, and again, I'm not an expert I, I, at all, but um, I think we're really like we really try to make it a point to just communicate regularly on how we're feeling truthfully and to not let um, I think it's very easy to let resentment kind of build up and kind of build a case against someone 
when they're not doing something that, you know, you just kind of like store it away in a file, but you don't realize that the file is getting bigger and bigger. And then one day you're like, you take out the whole file and you're like, see, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I think you kind of have to, um, you can't, you can't put those things in the file. You have to express them and then delete them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's a really important piece. And then of course, I think making time for each other to do to, for us, like make time to have adventures together. That's really important to me. Um, to do adventurous and new things together. And um, so that's that's one piece. And then I think in regards to cultivating um, female friendships, um, you know, the biggest thing for me was, I think because we're so used to as, as women, you know, we're in school our whole lives. And so we have friends kind of built in, you know, automatically. And we kind of just take it for granted. But the biggest thing that I learned as an adult was like, you have to, you, it's like totally possible to cultivate new female friendships. Like, send an email and say, Hey, I'd love to get together for coffee. Or can I take you out for coffee or let's have lunch. And I've ha- I have female friends now who, when the friendship first started, like it was a little awkward. We didn't really know each other. It was like a first date, you know, and, <laughs> but like you kind of have to go on that first date and kind of get to know each other and then follow up and say, Hey, let's get together again for a drink. Or do you want to go do this cool thing together? Like there's an event and be proactive in that way and invite people to things and reach out to people. And um, cause now that, you know, some of those people who I feel like I cultivated some new friendships with like three years ago are now really good friends, but it kind of took going through a little bit of that, like awkward, like <laughs> girl date phase, you know? <laughs> I think that that's so true. And I, I think that that also happens for anybody in their thirties, whether they're a male or a female, or even in their late twenties, when they're out of school, they, you really have to build those relationships from the ground up in some cases where you meet somebody, oh, you're cool, let's hang out. And and going through those those female dates <laughs> and yeah. building those friendships. So anything else that you would like to share with our audience that we didn't cover? I think we covered some good stuff. I, I really do. I mean I think, you know, I think that the, one of the biggest things that I, that I would like to say, and because I, I think that these, you know, these podcasts are so amazing, and there's so many, um, you know, tools that you can pick up and and gain along the way, and I think they're all so valuable. And it was something that I actually just wrote about in a blog post yesterday. I, I mean, I'm a, a lover of tools and strategies, and I teach them, and I use them, and I will not stop using them. Um, but I also think there's a time and a place to put down all of your tools. And to just really be with where you are today and whatever that is, whether it's joy, sadness, frustration, and really taking time to accept and love that person, if, even if you couldn't use any of these strategies or tools, you know, ever again. And like, would you be okay if you just were, you know, had to kind of sit with whatever, whatever is? Because I think that's ultimately like such a beautiful definition of self-love. Right. Being in the present moment and nurturing yourself with whatever is there at this yeah. present moment. Yeah. Absolutely. Without trying to push it away or, or change it. Yeah. Right. Or fix it or come up with a new something for it. Um, as I said, I think they're, I think they're, it's important to have strategies and tools and they help us so much. Mm-hmm. And every now and then I think it's good to just be like, okay, this is where I am today. And that's a beautiful place. I think really honoring those, those even whether it's a, a, a challenging moment or a joy-filled moment, I think those challenging moments are our greatest lessons. And I think yeah. if we sit with those difficult moments, there are lessons for our life and maybe as a model or a story for somebody else to be inspired from of 
being able to, to what did you learn in that moment in that dark moment what yeah. can it teach you and how can you move forward and evolve and expand to to a greater greater being absolutely yeah there's so much there's so much value in the in the discomfort <laughs> great okay um so what are the three habits that we absolutely must have to maintain quality relationships in our lives uh, well, I think the first thing I would say is honesty, <laughs> like really being honest. I guess that kind of goes hand in hand with communication. I think it's just so important to communicate fully what you're feeling. And and with that, I think just to add on maybe as, as a second quality, it's not just about communicating. It's not just about saying like dumping your stuff on someone and saying, this is how I feel and, you know. I think you have to be really clear on what the intention of your communication. So I think that it's important to say, I want to express this to you because I want to close the gap or I want to be closer or I want to move through this. Um, because I think a lot of times we can just get so upset. We just kind of throw, we, it's easy for people to throw their stuff on someone else, you know, and just say, make it better. And that that's unfair. So I think it's um, it's honesty, it's communication, it's having a clear intention for why you're having the communication. Um, and then a- another thing that I find really important in having po- quality relationships is that you spend quality time alone <laughs> mm-hmm. with yourself because I just think that makes you, um, I think we all need that, especially as you get older and you're, you're busy, you're running your business, you're running your life, maybe you have a family. I think it's just so important that you you have time to yourself to tap into yourself and your heart and your own desires and you have quiet time to do whatever it is that you want. I think you just come back and, and you're a much more powerful uh, person in the relationship. Absolutely. I think with relationships, sometimes when you're in a relationship, a tricky part is when you start putting responsibility on the other person to fill your needs and your wants and your desires that is part of your side of the street and your responsibility. So, so yeah. being able to own what it is that you can do and be empowered to take care of yourself and nurture yourself and fill those needs and address those feelings on your own, as opposed to making somebody else that isn't responsible for them always responsible yeah. for them. And also and there is that, that contact as well. So there are going to be times where we do have vulnerabilities and needs and feelings where we're going to reach out to that other person and and need their support. So I think being really mindful about what is it that I can do to honor and take care of what I'm going through right now and, and own it and be responsible for, for my part, for taking yeah. care of myself and both people really asking themselves that question. And yeah. then also then reaching out to the other person for that additional support as opposed to them fixing it or or really believing that they are the ones responsible for fixing our feelings right. and needs all the yeah, time. Absolutely. So that's a tricky, a slippery slope. A, it, it is. Yeah. And it's a good balance to see like, okay, is this me? Do I just need to go inside and take care of it? Or is there something that I actually might want or desire from this person? And uh, I think that's, you know, that's where that key communication comes in and sort of understanding and, and acceptance of each other and where you are. Right. What are some ways that people can uh, get connected to you and find out more and maybe get any free resources that maybe you have to offer? Yeah, I have a couple free resources. So you can come visit me on erinstutland.com and that's S-T-U-T. 
L-A-N-D. If you come over there, obviously we've got the blog, so there's always lots of great things on there. But then I also offer, which I really love, it's a free playlist, and it's a 20-minute playlist. It's so great, really fun music, and there's actually affirmations or mantras woven on top of it. And people love, 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 love that playlist. I get people all the time who will be like, I went for a walk with it, and all of a sudden I started running. Uh, just because I think the playlist helps you get out of any negative self-talk that you might have around movement or exercise. Um, so you can, you know, you can walk with it, run with it, bike with it, dance around your home with it. And then, um, so there's that there on AaronStutland.com. And then you can also come over to ShrinkSession.com and you can learn more about the Shrink Session workout, which as you mentioned, combines yoga and cardio dance and mantras and meditation. And you can get a free workout, a workout video um, when you enter your name there. So you can kind of give the workout a try. So you can, you and I together will uh, get a quick sweat on. Great. Sounds good. Well, thank you, Erin, so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Great. So there you have it. I hope you have found this podcast as interesting and as informative as I did. And to get access to the show notes and links mentioned on the show, go to truepotentialcounseling.com. And if you like this podcast, if you could please leave a review so I can have more impact and reach more people. It would really mean so much to me if you would just take the time to visit truepotentialcounseling.com forward slash review, and it will take you to the iTunes page where you can leave a review. We have some great guests coming up from Nisha Moodley, an expert of overcoming addictions and living a fierce, fabulous, and free life, to Kate uh, Merker and Dr. Suki of Conscious Living. Thank you, and we will catch you next week. Thanks for listening to Lovecast by True Potential at www.truepotentialcounseling.com. 